This is JU Israel Teachers Lounge, where we reach out to current Gap Year students, alumni, and any interested listeners, keeping you connected to what's happening in Israel and giving you insight behind the headlines. I am your host, senior JU Israel educator Michael Unterberg, and today joined, as always, by co-host and director of JU Israel, Alan Goldman. How are you, Alan? Doing good, Mike. I'm loving this weather. Uh, it's getting a little nicer. And today, also joined by producer and Israel educator, Matt Lippman. How are you, Matt? Boketov, Michael. Uh, wow, this is it, guys. This One is week the, to go. Yeah, all of Israel is waiting for our pre-election episode <laughs> of our podcast, where we have to do... I think all the Jews in diaspora also, not just yes, Israel. Yes, that's true. Well, <laughs> let's, 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 let's be honest, the world, yes, really. Exactly. Everybody's watching this. Uh, the Economist mentioned it in their profile of the uh, this year's election. President Trump and Putin's... I, got, are, I, get, I keep getting calls from Jared. Yeah. Um, so before we get to uh, what we want to talk about are what issues are facing the Israeli electorate and how it will affect... Uh, the outcome. We wanted to just do a quick catch up on a couple of updates. Uh, and in doing so, we're again going to refer to the polls quickly and remember, and I always say this, the only poll that matters is the one this coming Tuesday, uh, right? Election the, day. Election day. That's the only- I mean, The real poll. That's true. Election. Somebody could be listening to this yeah. podcast afterwards and yeah. then not know what I'm talking about. Um, election day is the only poll that matters. But as of the polling today, at least in the most recent poll, first of all, one thing that we didn't address in our past election episodes is the fact that Zehut, Moshe Faglin's party, has now passed the threshold. So we've never described them. They're not in our little video that we made because that was all done before Zehut crossed the threshold. Somewhat on the basis of making a big public statement about legalizing pot, which has made pot legalization a bigger issue. Other parties are now trying to jump on the pot bandwagon. Is that a crazy mixed metaphor? Um, and and the uh, Zehut party is running on a sort of similar to American libertarianism, like reducing the power of government in religious civil issues in in other ways. But uh, on the Palestinian issue, very similar to Otsma Yehudi, according to Faglin himself, their policies are very very similar to the Kahanis party. So we did the trajectory on the on the video. If you go check out our little. That's really, I should say, Mike's pal tune that we did. Um, yeah. uh, but Mike spearheaded that. that we, we did, you did the right, left, secular, religious. Right. Um, you know, so where where does... I would put Faglin, actually, uh, although he's a religious person, and his sensibilities and how he articulates the platform are based on biblical and religious ideas. But legally, he wants to separate the government to, from... He wants to give the religious less power in the government. So I would put him politically probably below the religious secular line, but uh, way onto the right. Way onto the right of the... of the Yeah, and he's hard to place because... The security. On the security issue, but not mm-hmm. on... He's a hard one to place. I think that's partially why he's been getting... I think there's two reasons his party popped up. Not just pot, although that was the, that was the particular thing that pushed, thing that pushed it, but it made people look at him as, oh, he's really trying different things. He, there are things about how the Israeli government works that frustrates me, and he's talking about changing it. That's one. And the other is, he has really successfully downplayed the racist, Kahanist aspects. And when asked directly by friend of the podcast, Raul Whitliff, you know, what's the difference between you and the Kahanist party, Otsma Yehudi, he said, well, the big difference is that I have other things on my agenda. They only have Palestinians. 
And that's a small part of what I'm talking about, most of what I'm talking about. And I'm not even talking about that, that first. I have other things I have to prioritize, like reforming education and all those things. So he's excited a group within the electorate who feel frustrated and want change, but aren't willing to vote for a center-left party. And, uh, and to really, I, I think the Palestinian issue is way low because nobody thinks anything's going to really happen with that. Yeah, I don't think anyone uh, believes his plan so, will happen. So they don't really care. It's like, what is, we don't care what he says about that because right, I'm more I, focused on these other priorities. Right. I think I, that's I probably was just, right. I absolutely agree with you. I was discussing this with a friend who said he's going to vote for Zahut. And his my friend's wife happens to work for an NGO that is very left and, and deals with the Palestinian issue. And I said, what does she think of you voting for him? She goes, listen, I don't care. He's not talking about right and left all the time. He's talking exactly about the issues that Michael yeah. just mentioned about reforming the government, reforming the, the way the religion works in this country. He's not talking about those other things, so I'm listening to things he is talking about. I'm not listening to things he's not talking about, so I'm right. going to vote for him. Right. Um, I think that's. I think that was. That's how Fagelin has been managing it. I think it's a. It's smart. It's, it's a smart campaign. That's the way to do it. Uh, he's attracted a, a, a support base that nobody would have predicted. I think that he would because they wouldn't vote for a racist. Mm -hmm. So he's downplaying the racist elements, and I don't think I am. I, I also uh, don't think he's like purposely downplaying. I think that's that's where he really is because that's how he was in the Likud. Also, remember he was in the Likud, and he uh, he used to be much more open about that Arabs yeah. are different kinds of people, and you can't civilize them. And mm -hmm. he was very forthright yeah. about that. And it made it difficult for him politically. So I would argue. I don't know. I'm not yeah. in his head. I'm certainly not judging anyone, but just my observation is that he is politically downplaying. He's learned from experience that you get mm. smacked when you talk openly racist in Israeli politics. And so he is more subtle. Um, I, 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 he, I, I believe him when he says that's not my priority because I can't do it right now. I want to focus on those issues. I just think, you know, you're making a quite a, quite a Faustian bargain when you vote for somebody who says, I want to treat Jews and Arabs differently under Israeli law, and there's nothing wrong with that. That that's a, that is you know for all the talk of you know libertarianism and and respect for law and how to set up government properly, to then argue that I can treat people differently under the law because of their ethnicity, and say that I uphold you know reason government yeah. law. That's not libertarian. I mean that's right. that's apartheid. Right. So. You know, you know it's well. We're at, you know, and and then when you, it's worth taking a few minutes to to read the platform because it's it's remarkable. You know, ah, uh, we won't have any pressure from the international community because they don't really care, and uh, we should stop taking aid from America anyway. So it doesn't matter if they cut off our aid if we do it. I mean, it, it's a it's a, it's a rather. I mean, it's kind of it's, it's radical. His, it's radical. But his his book, which he which he wrote, I I read somewhere recently, is the best is his bestseller currently in the He's, Israeli He bookstores. has done an amazing job at taking himself from a back tier, not crossing the threshold, as of like what a month and a half ago when we were dealing with these issues, right. and turning himself not into a front runner because there's only two front runners, but turning himself into a meaning meaningful Candid threshold crosser right. candidate, which has had huge oh, right. implications for. Bibi in 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 uh, Likud is now as of today in today's poll Likud is now not only getting more votes than Blue and White, which was its only challenger, but it also has enough seats to build a coalition. That's the ball game. You know, I saw I saw a uh, a poll that most Israelis have been saying all along that Bibi will find a way to pull a rabbit out of a hat, even yeah. when it looked like he was out of it. And my immediate reaction to that was, 
why are Israelis so cynical? Why can't they? And then I realized, well, that's exactly what I think. So, <laughs> so I'm like, oh, I guess. But the, the other thing with Fagelin is interesting because he's got this kind of right, this right wing perspective on the Arab issue, but he's got a much more left wing kind of perspective on governance and on religion. They're saying, well, where would he put himself with a coalition? Would he go to the right for a coalition? Would he go to the left coalition? Because reasonably, he could actually sit comfortably in both. If he kind of puts aside one section of his beliefs, he could sit comfortably if in either side. If he puts aside what I would argue is really central to his belief, because if you read the platform, it talks about zehut means identity. This is identity politics, and it's about reaffirming the Jewish identity of the state unabashedly, unreservedly, maintaining it and running it better, yes. But the very name of the party tells you this is about establishing, this is not, you know, we talked in the past about the nation state law, that this is a state for Jews. He, it's, it's, it's the nation state law on steroids. In other words, it's the, it's the nation state law which is saying that not only is this a Jewish state, but Jews have legal, a different legal, legal status, status in this state mm-hmm. than, than non-Jews. Exactly right. So that, and that's... Which the nation state law does not say. The nation state law does, does not, not say, say that. Now, one of the criticisms of the nation state law is it doesn't explicitly not it, it say the opposite. Right. It doesn't say that it's a democratic. It's and democratic, and therefore your ethnicity right. is irrelevant. Your religion is irrelevant to your. And that's the and that was and the that criticism was the cri- of it that it doesn't say it explicitly, but Correct. it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't say explicitly that non-Jews are not equal citizens either. So, so therefore, right? Fagelin is explicitly saying yeah. we treat non-Jews differently. Uh, people who support Zehud non-Jews, have told me... Non-Jews, Israeli citizens. Oh, so people have, so told me, people have told me that he doesn't mean that about Israeli citizens. That's what made me go in to look at the platform. And right. I honestly couldn't find it where he addresses... He keeps talking about annexing Judea and Samaria and then not giving those Arabs citizenship. But he's vague about current Israeli citizens. He doesn't who say are anything about current Jewish. Israeli citizens that I could find. Now, let's say he assumes that they will have full citizenship. That's a really weird... Distinction. Distinction that if you're uh, if you're if you're an Arab Israeli who lives in Lud, you can have full citizenship. But if you're an Arab Israeli who lives in Ramallah, you you would have to pass a loyalty test to get citizenship. But your default is that you'll have like so. That I, it's not so. I mean, that's a fair. I've heard it a lot on the let's say very right. Yeah, it's <laughs> very right. right. Very right. I've heard that a lot, and their their basis is the is what's in Jerusalem really. Right. Their their basis for that is how Jerusalem exists, which is Arab residents of Jerusalem have automatic residency, but not automatic citizenship. And therefore, they have limited rights. But in Jerusalem, they were offered citizenship. Well, they were offered to apply. Right. That's different than getting which automatic is, right. citizenship. They're right. offered to apply, and they can still do that. He's also saying that he wants right. to incentivize— so, you, so I think that that's what they're arguing. If they're willing to take a loyalty and prove, then they could potentially in the future apply once, you know— with a long, he says, a, a long difficult term. process. In a long term. Ambiguity is well, a you'd also have to prove, friend, though, remember. Right. Well, he, he argued that you would have to prove loyalty just to get your resident status. Uh, okay, so I didn't know that. Okay. And he said, and the citizenship will be a long and complex prog, pro, and the platform says, I don't even know why they would want it, because why would an Arab want to be a citizen in a Jewish state? It says that in the platform. And then, right. uh, and then the immigration idea is we'll incentivize and make it easy and support them moving because 65% of the Arabs who live in Judea and Samaria would love to leave. leave. And when anyone asks him or his party where they got that (laughs) statistic, they are vague and not forthcoming. So they just know that they don't really feel a connection to the land and therefore 
would leave if incentivized. Right. By the way, which I, also is vague and the politicians. Haaretz uh, early this week, just uh, or last week, I think it was, released a statistic that forty-one percent of Israelis are for annexing the Yehuda Shomron, the West mm-hmm. Bank. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so we, we see that that I mean, there is a large, <laughs> large minority of Israelis who. Who could that be, speaks to right? could become a majority, and and, right. and Israel Perhaps even a majority. If you're talking about forty-four percent, so you could see how you know a, a party like Zahut would well, not he, turn them off. In other words, if they want those other things, a party like Zahut, oh, that that no, of course it wouldn't turn them off. By the way, that Netanyahu, is within line, right? If you if people complain about Netanyahu this, Netanyahu that. Most Israelis agree with most of what Bibi does, and supporting Likud means to a certain extent, I like the status quo. And it seems that there's a good chunk of Israelis who are at least basically satisfied with the status quo. Right. And I would say, and, and here I guess we're turning into issues a little bit, unless you wanted to add yeah. something about Gaza. No, maybe we'll say it at the end. Let's, okay. let's keep it flowing. But uh, but here I think there is a general mis... I, 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 to me, and and and, and you know, we'll, we'll get to... I, I think the issues are security, which to me means Iran and Hezbollah in the north. There's the Palestinian issue, which is somewhat a security issue, but is really more of a dealing with Yudan Shimron, right. the West Bank. It's actually really more of a po- political issue, I think. Correct. Than but a, where, correct. where are you putting now. rocket fire from Gaza? You're putting that Palestinian, you're putting that security, you're putting that Iran. That's uh, probably like, security. I, I would, it's I would security of a different category, yeah. but yeah. Right. Okay. I actually think people see that as a little, almost like parallel with the Iran Hezbollah. It's the ways. it's the little brother. Yeah. It's more in the forefront, like actually, yeah. but it's uh, existentially less crucial. But it's a secure. That's a security right. issue. Uh, there's religion and states issues of how civil governance works. Uh, then there's a separate. I'm call, I'm calling a separate issue the Haredi integration issue. Right. More or less integrated. There's problems with the education system, which I find uh, English speaker and people from outside of Israel are shocked to learn, <laughs> I, right? How bad our education yeah. system is. Horrific. They, they should talk to my kids. <laughs> well, anyone who lives here, raises kids here, knows that the education system here is it, al-hapanim, as we say it, here. It's it, a disaster. In my daughter's school, they've just instituted if kids miss three classes or something, they're going to get 15 like marks off their test, upcoming tests. So my wife suggested that they raise, that. well, what if teachers miss three classes mm. in a row, do the kids get 15 plus? Because it's so <laughs> often that teachers well, just don't show up to classes here. <laughs> the teachers are abused instance, by a system that beats the heck right, out of them yeah, and okay, makes correct. their job miserable. And so they become miserable and guess what trickles right. downhill. So. And also it's all who you get to teach because of a system like this. Correct. You know? Correct. Yeah. How long will you last in this job right. before I, I you was, burn out? I may have told this anecdote before on this podcast. I can't remember, but at the back to school evening for my kids' school, the principal in her in her speech to the parents, she announced that this year there was going to be toilet paper in all of the bathrooms and she received a standing ovation. <laughs> and I was just sitting there like, that is what gets a standing ovation, that there's toilet paper in the bathrooms? Oh my well, God. Well, in, in, in high, in high schools Maslow, in Israel. Meslonian, no? Uh, yeah, it's, it's Maslow, basic, right? Ma- but what was Maslow, she doing? Explain Maslow. What was, Maslow is what was in the bathrooms to... last year and the year before that? Then, Left hands. No, <laughs> no, no, no toilet paper. Or kids didn't go to the bathroom. Am I, they held it in until they were, yeah. not, didn't feel I, well. I know. Uh, Maslow, of course, is that uh, until a child basic needs or person's basic yeah, needs are human. taken care of they really can't learn because they're so if you're physical that. if you don't feel physically secure yeah. and comfortable you can't learn yeah. if then emotional safe and comfortable it's a hierarchy exactly. of once your basic needs are met now we can meet the you know the, the learning, higher needs yeah. of learning 
Uh, I don't think Israel takes that seriously. And yeah. just just resources-wise, it's a disaster. Yeah. You know, you in high schools here, you have a major, I don't know if it's exactly a major. Yeah, it's a major. Like a Con- ma- concentration. A concentration, a focus okay. point in your... So, so you can major in computers in Israel and have like 15 kids sharing one computer. Like it, or, it's, or you have, I mean... My daughter has two hours a week of computers. That's what the major is. Right. I'm saying. That's all their computers. It's such a resource poor. And it, it, you know, it does so many things that pedagogically in the West we've, academia has shown this is not how children learn. So, you know, so many schools in other countries have adapted to these new ideas and Israel's, I don't know, 50 years behind. Right. I don't know why we're, I think, I think it's our frustrated parenting that is making, out of my list, we've all jumped on this one. <laughs> I think it's because we're frustrated parents. But well, I, and I also think because, um, I, I, I like to de, demythifize, I don't know, this whole idea, make Aliyah and you'll, and you'll save on all your Jewish education. Well, you will. You'll save on your and Jewish you, education. You get but what you pay for. But, exactly. <laughs> Basically, you're getting a very low level public school education as opposed to. The equivalent. And, and there are right. good schools. There are, but but you want the system to be uh, yeah. much, much, much better. And you have to live somewhere where there are good schools and have access and resources. They're often expensive uh, on an Israeli salary. They don't compare to, at least, I right. don't know I don't know how things are in the rest of the diaspora, but in the United States, day school tuition is astonishingly prohibitive. Um, then the other issues, of course, uh, so security, Palestinian, religion and state, Haredi integration, education, economy. And social justice, the poor distribution of right. the 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 low the low salary, median salary, and the high cost of living here is. But uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't. Your list is not um, in order. No, I'm not putting it in order. Just to make that clear, it just those are just the issues that we. Yeah, that is not my intention. Because economy would probably well, be higher. I think I think economy would be higher than the religion and state. Almost people, but but exactly this is. I think, th- no. But this is what politics is, and, and I just want to add yeah, yeah. one more, which is crime. Uh, oh, in general, right. and corruption in politics. Right. I'm putting in the same category. But that's exactly what, that's the, that's how politicians run and how voters vote on exactly that issue, Alan. How do I order these priorities? Right. And depending on what order I will put, in other words, if I think, we were talking earlier, we were just schmoozing, and we were talking about how would Merits ever, which is the far left party, ever join with a Haredi ultra-Orthodox party? Well, it depends. You know, if their priority is integration of Haredim, then they'll never possibly join. But let's say they decide, let's say the Haredi parties decide that they're, they represent one of the poorest underclass in Israel, and Meretz agrees with them on passing that. Why wouldn't they work together if they prioritize? So they'll both say, look, we completely disagree on Haredim in the workforce and the army, but we so agree on this. Why don't we join together? That's what politics, that's what democracy is supposed right. to be. And the priorities have, to, and one has to be able to give up on one of their issues to prioritize a different issue. In other words, like the merits Haredi scheme, merits has to say, okay, I will give up on, you know, Haredi in the workforce or Haredi in the army, yeah, because the economy is more important, right. or because the um, judicial system. And we'll live to right? fight that or out another day. But right. right now, we're prioritizing this issue. But that's the same process, I think, that voters go I'm through. I'm saying, correct. Yeah, trying to saying. decide which priority you're going to take. Am I, exactly. Right, that's democracy, is Mike saying. Yeah, is the education system more important to me, or is annexation of the West Bank more important to me? Right. Well, I would is, argue if education is more important to you, then you're in trouble, because yeah. there are very few parties that are prioritizing Education. Yeah. Well, uh, right, but uh, in the past, I mean, it was Ben Bai Judi did. 
Uh, Bayou D did also. Uh, also, uh, I mean, uh, Yeshaki did. I think Bayou D has been promised the education ministry Again? by could. I mean, Shai Perone, right. when he came in under right. Yeshatid, made real reforms. Right. And then the problem is the system is so broken that by the time those uh, reforms start to trickle down, uh, he's out. And so. And Naftali Bennett came in and made new reforms. Yeah. <laughs> so it, 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 the, the uh, ability of the government to interact with the education system to repair it is is itself problematic. It's a, it's a problem that doesn't have clear uh, mechanisms to correct. Right. Now, I, I just want to get back so, to what you were saying earlier yeah. about, you know, the popularity of ideas within and, and the consensus among Israelis with ideas like Zehud or, right. or, or the right. And I think on many issues, Israelis, certainly on security issues, Israelis do, I think, overall lean right. It's hard to describe an electorate with any sort of reasonable, you know, accuracy. But but on those consensus issues, I do think and 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 here I think like I mean and I've been thinking about this a lot lately because of uh the uh the new right, Yamina Khadash's ad, Shaked or Bagats. It's you either vote for Ayala Shaked or the Supreme Court wins. To me that's an astonishing campaign in a democracy. It's a troubling campaign in a democracy, and it comes from a right. sense that— Especially given that she is, has been for the last almost four years the, the, the <laughs> Ministry of Justice. Yeah, and working <laughs> and, and proposing more steps to make the Supreme Court less and less powerful compared to the legislature. Right. Um, the my, my concern for—and I haven't read The Economist article yet, but they had a whole King Bibi profile about the—, the you know, is Israel heading to an Erdogan-like, Putin-like— you know, not really right. a democracy anymore. I think that part of what confuses people is they think that uh, democracy is talking about majority decision making, and that that is a, I think, a symptom of democracy, not a core issue of democracy. Democracy in the right. in the Rousseau Locke in the in the Enlightenment tradition in the Jeffersonian tradition. What we'll call liberalism. Liberalism, not, right? Not, not 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 left right but liberalism. right not left right but liber liberty or republicanism is the is the priority democracy as as meaning the majority rules or is the priority liberty itself liberty and freedom and so what you need the reason a democracy in the liberal sense in the modern sense not in the Athenian sense right uh, the reason it needs checks and balances and it needs unelected people intervening. Right. Is because you can't have a tyranny of the majority. Right. If the majority say, let us take away the rights of this minority. Right. Then. That's not a democracy. Right. But what do you mean? The majority right. voted for it. Right. Okay. But it's not a That's how we, we kind of always learned in America in like um, elementary school, right? That the, like the, the way you judge a democracy is how much they protect the minority. Oh, uh, that's right? one of the key. That's how we learned it. Yeah. To me, one of them is, can anybody stand in front of the. You know, wherever the president or prime minister is, and say that they're a piece of garbage and not expect repercussions. There, are, the tests of whether something's a healthy democracy are the tests of liberty, right. not the tests of majority. I think that's a mistake England's making on Brexit. Right. The United Kingdom is making a terrible mistake. They had a referendum on Brexit, and they have to do it; otherwise, it's not democracy. Well, I mean, that's not a liberty issue, but the 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 decision of the majority is so often not smart. So and and in fact, like what what protects this democracy are institutions, 
including right. people mm-hmm. and 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 part of what's the check on the elected officials right are the unelected officials right who, who actually have a lot more impact on our lives right well they very often you know mm-hmm. they very often serve you know in different aspects in the executive legislature and judicial and they serve long-term jobs where they they pull the levers mm-hmm. that make the machine work and we live in an age now where that's you know criticized as oh they're the deep state they're the they're right. this sort of shadow people. Well, no, actually, you know who they are. Their names are out in the open. They're doing their job publicly. Uh, you can walk over and thank any of them for their service. You can agree or disagree with what they're doing. But the, the idea that the people's choice decides the fate of the democracy is a false understanding of what modern democracy is. And so the popularity of some of these racist ideas. Look, when Elora Zaria walked over and shot a neutralized terrorist, yeah. He murdered him and was guilty for violating orders and murder in Israeli law. And most, uh, it, it was a murder. He got it. It was a lower level. He wasn't level. convicted of murder, murder right, because right. the guy was probably on death's door anyway well, for a number of reasons. reasons. But he was convicted of of, of wrongdoing, right? A crime. Yeah. And most Israelis, I think, if, but his term was limited, and most Israelis, it was like over sixty percent of Israelis thought he was a hero. Right. And should be, you know, rewarded for what he did. He was featured in political campaigns and all sorts of weird stuff as well. And Because most Israelis, I think, aren't, I, I think most. I don't know if it's just Israelis. I think most. <laughs> Jews? People I, in the world I, I, today. <laughs> most people in the world aren't, aren't, aren't. I think you see it in America. You see it in Europe. You see it all over. Yeah. There's a sense that, you know, that. Okay. I don't, that, I, I that don't know. That simple majority to, gets right. Majority right. is right. That's the way it is. That's the majority that's is right. What and we I'm want the is what we get. Yeah. It's a collective toddler response well, and, to no, politics. Therefore, and therefore, I can, if I can control the majority, it. I can get what what right. is uh, what is mine. Which is, I mean, I think partly, and uh, maybe I'm straining in the is Trump's uh, sensitivity about losing the popular vote because yeah. it's a sense. It's the majority. Is is what is what right. defines democracy, not what you're not what you're saying before about liberty. Well, that whole, so therefore, but, but that whole see, so that's I'm just saying I, that that's this idea that the majority is what. But is, I would say know. Trump opponents who say we have to cancel the electoral college because the majority should choose the leader, yeah. are also sort of off base. Yeah, for sure, the, exactly. The system has to choose a leader. Now, exactly. you, there are pros and cons electoral college, and you can tell me, right? And but don't tell me the reason that that it doesn't work is because the majority voted for for right. Hillary because right. the system chose the president. Right. You eat for a modern democracy to work. You have to have an invested faith and support of the system, which means that on your issues, you will at least, you know, no matter what you're passionate about, you will lose. Nobody gets everything they want in a democracy. Well, I think what Alan was saying before about the idea of it's happening everywhere and the example you gave of Brexit and even kids learn, you know, Harov Kovea, the, the majority chooses. That's like a principle that kids learn in, in kindergarten here. So I, I think it's not just here. I do think it's... Everywhere this idea, mm-hmm. ah, it's dem- democracy. You ask your students, well, where what is a democracy? They'll tell you one person, one vote. Majority yeah. rules. Majority That's what rules. they'll tell you democracy is. Yeah, they have right. free elections. Mm-hmm. They think elections yeah. are the definition of democracy. Yep. I think most people do that. I think we are in a democracy recession, functionally and attitudinally. I think that for a democracy to function, the uh, the citizenry needs to have a almost secular religious love of liberty and freedom and understand that it's the institutions that are designed to protect that. They have to have a little bit of a Reverend Niemuller outlook on these things. You know, if they came for the Jews, I didn't complain because it was the Jews. If they came for the trade unionists, I didn't complain. And then when they came for me, there was nobody left. 
everybody's liberty has to be protected. That's what the system does. It protects liberty. It doesn't decide on political issues. And I think that what we're having in the 21st century is people who say, well, I care more about my issues than I do about the the integrity of the system. And it's so important to me to open the border or close the border or whatever the issue is uh, that I'm willing to compromise the system. And by the way, that's exact this is not this is not unprecedented. Yeah. This is how democracies fall. You know, I hate to sound like Cato the Elder and be a nerd, <laughs> but but if you if you if you don't invest in maintaining the norms, that's how the Roman Republic okay. fell. That after after years of contentious battle, and it wasn't even over particular issues as much as mm-hmm. after years of civil war, anyone who could bring peace and quiet was welcome. And when Augustus called himself princeps, which is leader, but actually became the emperor of Rome, a a republic that had devoted itself not to democracy, but to liberty. And anyone who talked, even Augustus didn't call himself a king because the word was so loathed and yet basically became the king. And the Romans surrendered their freedom and the age of the Roman empire begins. So saying, in other words, when the institutions start falling, if you don't protect, changing the yeah. yeah so when so when a, when an Israeli politician says, "I will destroy," I will destroy the power of the Supreme Court. That to me is deeply troubling. Whatever your political, you know, uh, we may go slightly over because it's the pre-election episode, and if the next one goes a little over, also. But uh, if I, I I I think that to me is more scary than any issue. Right. I was actually having this conversation. I'd like to give a shout out to my good friend, Dr. Steve Klein, who's an editor at Arts, and he was actually arguing the same thing, which, which of course, um, was in line with what you, you, you argue often. And probably by the time this podcast comes out, he's going to publish an op-ed in Arts about it. Um, and I think, I, I, I think there's a lot to that. But my question, and definitely a lot to that, but my question is now, okay, there's a certain segment of society, whether the majority or not, it doesn't matter, who thinks that the system is broken, right? The judiciary yeah. wasn't set up right, and especially because Israel doesn't have a constitution. Yeah. So how do you how do you enforce change without breaking the institutions? Do you understand well, my that's question? That's what the politicians should be running that, that's on. The po- there is no question. Listen, it is the, the, the issue that I did not put on the list is electoral reform. Our system needs major fixes. You know, right. changing the level of the threshold is a nice little fine tuning, and maybe you know you you can you would you, raise it or lower it. I actually i i like i like having i think this is high three point two five, which ends up being like four seats. I actually like it high. It's the highest in my yeah. I think I think yeah, that's high, and I, I'm okay with that personally. But I understand the debate. But things like that have to go through the system. In other words, we have to have a serious talk about why we don't have a constitution. We have to fix that. Right. We have to have a serious talk about – because that's what the Supreme Court should be judging on. Right, right now we have a Supreme Court that's free-floating. Right. They In the 90s, they decided that they would use basic laws as a protocol. They're just making it up as they go along. We, we, we Part of the reason the public doesn't have faith in them is because they're not saying we're interpreting based on X. Why should, in other words, we're not interpreting based on our values. Right. The right. values that are common. We're 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 interpreting based on the shared statement of values that our government has that we agreed on. So that you know, 
that there's a shared consensus right. idea that we're all working on. There's no such thing. If, and then, quite frankly, in their most recent and decision— And therefore, they're pulling out from all kinds of different places. Right. When they pull a politician off from uh, yeah. Otsma Yehudi and say—because and, and he's, a, he's a radical on the right, and then they let radical mm-hmm. Arabs on the left run, and the Israeli public says, based on what did you make that decision? Because we think one shouldn't run and one should. Well, right. so you, so there's a reason Shaked is running on. Right. It's vote for me, and I'll, I'll, I'll combat the Supreme Court because the Supreme Court doesn't seem to be playing by fair rules. I, the problems are real and systematic, but the corrections uh, are a healthier system. I think what you're saying in terms of if we could see the rule book, right? Like if we could actually see what was being referred to, yeah, it would make people feel much more comfortable. So, right. So, but what, what we have saying, to acknowledge is we don't have a rule book. So mm-hmm. what you're saying is Shaked should not be running on I'm changing the judiciary. It should be more fundamental, which is. How do we in how it's do we at this point 70, 70 years in how do we uh, really solidify our institutions and our vision of how this we country runs? We need a rule book, right? But it's not just about she's almost talking about destroying the institutions yeah. as opposed to reforming them. No, right. and that's I an enormous I mean, no, I would, She's I talking about taking away their power from that, that the legislature can over. Well, she's talking about how you appoint, which is not right. as a take power. I mean, in America, you have legislature has Correct. to approve. The executive decision. There have to be right? checks on the Supreme so, Court. So there have to be checks on the judicial she's, system. She's not trying to bring down judiciary. She's trying to make changes. But the question, I think you're right, is that it's more fundamental. It's not just about changing that one thing. It's right. about how our whole government functions because that's what a constitution essentially is. Right. right. But her language is also very combative, which, well, okay, which, which, which can be. I, I know that's politics, but I do think it matters because I do see. I, uh, okay, so I think that part of, and this is this is a sort of a softer issue, but I do think the way that we talk about these things has to be quasi-religious. In other words, there has to be a sacred aspect to the institutions in a democracy that you don't talk about them. That the norm is we speak about them civilly with deference and respect as we complain about what they're doing wrong and as they require to be fixed. Because faith in those institutions, you know, we, we talk about how communism doesn't work because people don't. And I, why would I be willing to give my all if I'm not going to get back an equal amount? Right. If, if my neighbor is going to get more than me in return because he has a bigger family, why should I work so hard? In other words, you have to be invested in a communist system to really work right? ideologically. Well, here's the secret. Democracies do. You have to be ideologically invested in the democracy to work. Otherwise, why am I working with you? I disagree with you. I don't want to uh, live like uh, you. Interesting way you say because if you do a little comparison, a little bit historical, right? Sorry, I always think that way, right? And the American and the American um, founding fathers were religious about their democracy, Correct. and they used it in religious language. Correct. In Israel, our founding fathers were were religious about Jewish identity, Correct. not religious, but Jewish Jewish national identity. national identity, and it has to be protected at all costs. And protected, and the democracy was there, but they didn't. Use, it wasn't that same passion, and I think that's a little bit what's going on now too. I think in, so too. In, with the Jewish nation state law. Well, right, that, right. Which we have to be passionate about the Jewish thing. Right. The democracy. Yeah, okay, we accept the democracy. No, thing, no, we got it. We got we, that. We, we need that's to be important. That's it's important. That's important. Right. Right. But. But the Jewish thing is our passion. That's, that's a great. Uh, I think so. I think. I think. <laughs> that, that's one of the things I took from Menachem Begin is that sense of whatever my political issues are. You know, the 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 he sat in the opposition for thirty years in the loyal opposition because right. he understood that democracy was more important. You know, it, and it, when it came to literally life and death, he even when, went further. In the, yeah, like, when Altalina the Palmach fell. shot at, at his men and killed sixteen of his men, yeah. he said he ordered them not to shoot back because. The unity of becoming one system is more important. And 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 to him, the democracy was the only way that Jewish national identity could survive. To him, they right. were they were it wasn't that well and, and he, he was so humble, he didn't even get the honor, right? Ben Gurion would not even honor him with giving him the same respect. 
Oh no! Right, give him the same respect. Okay, you was one system. You're the lo- you're the loyal opposition. He wouldn't yeah. even see him as a loyal opposition. Okay, but right? yeah, but it's not like Bacon talked about Ben Gurion with huge respect when he was in the opposition. You, no, it's, it's a rough no, and no, tumble. No, but there's one thing I, saying that man and Nachon. He wouldn't call him by name. <laughs> he wouldn't call yeah. him by name. That's yeah. That's a that's a de- well yeah. Well, okay. Well, I don't want to get too caught yeah. up into the Bacon Ben Gurion relationship because it's super fraught. And I could spend days talking about it, right. but yeah, we should do an episode on it. Yeah, <laughs> but um, but make a YouTube video on it. But I, I don't want to. I don't want to make it. There is nothing that I'm saying means that Pollyannish. Everybody like shakes hands and everybody's no, no, friendly. No, for sure not. It's a bare knuckled right fight with your opponents to get your interests represented, and then you win or lose, and then you move on to the but, next battle. But you agree on the rules because right. Cause it's like boxing. Annoying. You beat the crap out of each other. Right. But you agree on the rules. You don't right. hit below the belt. You don't hit below the belt. You don't hit when the back's turned. If they're in the corner, if they're down on the ground, you don't, right? There's rules. There's because if you start rules. hitting below the belt and crippling people, the whole endeavor is going out the window. You right. can't maintain it. So that that level of civility isn't just because, oh, we're so nice and sweet. It's because that's the only way it will be. It will live. Otherwise, you're going to break into pieces. Right. E pluribus unum. From many, you can make one if the one is more important than, than the individual pieces. Right. You have to prioritize that unity. And that is expressed in those norms of civility and how we talk about these institutions. Right. Right. You don't say I'm anti-Supreme Court. Right. You don't say that sentence. Don't say it's either me or the Supreme Court. Who do you, you want don't to say, right. You don't say, oh, everybody on the left is in a conspiracy to topple me. Right. You can't trust them. And the media is part of it. And the, or, the, or the police. Or the police. The police, right? The police. Because right you've there. undermined by saying, so I do which, think- Which Bibi Netanyahu- has said on many, yeah, many occasions during these indictment that, things. We discussed it. A few I weeks just want to make it clear we're talking about Israel, not America, because this. Oh uh, well, right. But we did by the way, I think it. Trump uh, plays I, with many aspects. He does. Of BB. He does. People always say, "Oh, BB's being like Trump." I think Trump's being yeah. like BB. Yeah. Yeah. We, like, we drew that parallel a few weeks ago. We talked about yeah. that comparison between the two of them. I can't remember what the episode was about, but we d- definitely discussed this now, idea. Now I, I am betraying my bias that I think, for me. That 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 civility, that that respect for the norms, is a priority for me, even over issues. Well, I've had I've had. Have you heard Democrats say to you, "Oh, I don't want to impeach Trump because then Pence would be, and I disagree with his policies even more." And I and I, I but whoever I would vote for in America, I don't know who I vote for in America, but I, I find that to me missing the point. In other words, the. the if if Pence works within the institutions more, then whatever his policies are, I can live with that. But if you degrade the integrity of the institutions, that should be more problematic than any particular any particular policy. Right. It's not about the policy, it's about the To me, that's the bacon yeah. lesson. You can mm-hmm. literally shoot at my people and I will not divide our nation. Right. And I can watch my friends die next to me on the beach. And I will still fight for the integrity of my people. Because that that has to come first. And the way that's done, and that's why, that to me, it's not Jewish nation and, oh, democracy, fine. If you don't have a functional democracy, what's holding the nation together? Because one thing's for sure, we lost- It's not religion. It, it's not going to be, certainly not orthodoxy, it, right. and it's not even religion it's itself. Religion. And, and, and we know what happened. We know why the Jews ended up conquered by the Romans in exile, because they were literally killing each other- Literally, 
They were in civil war while they were revolting against the Romans because they disagreed on, on these visceral life or death issues and you have to lose for our nation to succeed. And so I will kill you rather than let you, I will starve you, I will stab you. They were literally burning down their own institutions. Yeah, literally. <laughs> literally. So, you know, we're much more sophisticated in the 21st century. We do that metaphorically. Yeah. But it's still dangerous. And, 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 you know, and the question is, how do you return? What do you do? This level of incivility makes everybody uncomfortable and, and make things feel unstable. So you have two choices. You can return to civility and norms, or you can let the, hang, the whole thing burn down and just go back to totalitarian, you know, and, and non and non-liberty right. systems. These are the issues. I, I don't know that we've done a great job on, you know, where all the parties stand. You can look at their platforms. You could look at our resources. Uh, I'll put the link to our resources on this podcast so you can, wherever you listen to the podcast, you can click the link. Where the parties stand on different issues. Uh, I'll also give you the Times of Israel link. Uh, uh, and the Israel Democracy Institute has Israel a good, Democracy uh, Institute good chart. Has a really good so, one. so on our resources, we have our things that we've prepared, but also links to- uh, Macomb has a good chart. I don't no, think we, yeah, we have to get that on our resource yeah. page, but uh, uh, we'll put those links on the podcast and on what we'll send you from the resource page. Right. So, if you're voting, I would say think it through carefully. If you don't live, if you're not an Israeli citizen and you're not voting, you can vote actually. Macomb has uh, we'll send out the link the, for, and I think you should. Yeah, I really think you Macomb should. Macomb has a doing a poll, you say, for, yeah. for diaspora Jews to uh, vote, and we'll put it on the link also. Yeah, this is your homeland, and I think that you should seriously, it's not an abstract question to you. Yeah. It's not like, oh, what do those Israelis think? This is your homeland. How would you vote? And, it, you know, maybe one day you will have to vote and your vote will count. But until then, you should act as if it, as if it does, yeah. even if it, that was, that's what, right? Don't you yeah, think? Absolutely. I agree. Yeah. So, so we'll sorry. See you after the elections, right? Yeah. Oh, this is the big uh, <laughs> we, uh, next one. Will be okay. What's the coalition going to look right, like? Right. We're yeah. recording the day after the elections, so our next let's one see how the world looks in. on April tenth. Yeah. We will. You'll hear. It's from a us thrill, then. isn't it? Yeah. It's a thrill, and you know, with all the randomness and the vagaries, there's an exciting. You know, the next we are watching chapters of Jewish history being written, which is something we haven't been able to do for two thousand years, as we got pushed around, and you know bumped from place to place here we're deciding our fate maybe we'll make good decisions maybe we'll make bad decisions god forbid but it's an exciting era to live in and so uh we're enjoying the ride thank you for listening thank you alan thank, thank you, you matt thank you. and as always thank you ben for engineering the heck out of this thing <laughs> bye bye thanks so much for listening everybody uh this is the part where i remind you that we are the ju israel teachers lounge podcast and it's also the part where I ask you to subscribe, to rate and review us, and to share and recommend us in any way you can. Also, we'd love your feedback so we can respond to you on or off the podcast. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Bye.